Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I am your host, Ben Pukulski. And when we talk about optimization of health, optimization of body composition, ultimately this aspiration to live long and strong, um, there's, there's definitely a consideration to how we should actually eat. And there's a lot of information. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of confusion out there. Today's guest, Dr. Joseph Antune, joins me to talk about fasting, specifically the fasting mimicking diet, sometimes called the Prolon diet, created by a legend in the space named Walter Longo. If you're someone who hasn't considered fasting, or maybe you thought it's too hard for you, or maybe unsustainable, you're going to love this podcast because Dr. Antoon tells us all about this fasting mimicking diet that allows us to eat some food during the day and still maintain all the benefits of fasting over a period of time. He tells us how long we should be doing it, how often we should be doing it, and some specific nuances about what all the research is saying, uh, how we should approach it specifically. This is a really great podcast. So it seems as though, as you guys will hear in the podcast space, sometimes there's a lot of people saying the same stuff. It's a lot of repeated information. Today is not that way. Dr. Antoon gives us a lot of really great, valuable insights. He's an incredibly bright gentleman who uh, did his medical degree many, many years ago, has since gone on to study at Harvard and a number of other places, such as the University of London. And his education is incredibly extensive, nothing short of remarkable. If you want to see and learn about Dr. Antoon, you can check out our show notes. If you also want to access our amazing sponsors for today's episode and support the people that support this podcast, you can head over to muscleintelligence.com slash podcast, check out the list of all of our show sponsors there and access all of our amazing deals that we put in place for you. So thank you very much to today's show sponsor, Vuori, V-U-O-R-I, my favorite athleisure gym wear that ultimately I wear yoga, I wear train, I wear around the house, I wear when I'm going out because it just looks awesome quality of the material is amazing. You guys should absolutely check it out and support our amazing sponsors at Vuori, that's V-U-O-R-I.com slash muscle to get hooked up with 20% off your first order. Take advantage of this now. It's an amazing product. You will not regret it. Today's podcast is also, also brought to you by Organifi. Um, you guys know that for a long time, I've been a fan of greens and reds specifically. I think every man should should be taking greens and reds really every day. Women too. Uh, women, I find, tend to like the gold. It tends to be very soothing. It's like a treat after dinner. Uh, the greens specifically, uh, guys, if you're not already taking it, you need those micronutrients. You want those phytonutrients. You want to cover your bases. I, for a long time, probably 20 years, I've always been taking some semblance of a green product. And Organifi is the one that I'm taking right now. It's an incredibly great tasting product. Oftentimes they taste not very good. Uh, Organifi tastes amazing and it works really well. 100% organic. It's also loaded with adaptogens to help you recover uh, adrenally so you're not stressed or you're not overly stressed recovering from that. And specifically the reds. If you're training, you should be taking some type of reds, which ultimately is a derivative of beets and berries and things like that that allow the dilation of the blood vessels, right? We want to dilate our blood vessels so our penis works, so our muscles work, and we get great pumps. So if you guys aren't already taking Organifi, head over to Organifi.com slash muscle and get hooked up with 20% off. Now back to the episode with Dr. Joseph Antoon. Enjoy. Dr. Antoon, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely pleasure to have you here, sir. Same here, Ben. Look forward to uh, giving your audience something that hopefully will change their life today. Thank you. And um, that, you're not joking, right? I've looked through your pedigree, the number of podcasts you've been on, 
uh, in the last number of years. And the value you're providing is tremendous. I mean, you come from a very extensive background in the health, wellness, and medical space, and obviously now branching into kind of the e-com world of, um, of fitness and wellness. I'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, so, um, you know, thanks for, the, for, for hosting me today. I, um, I started as a physician my career. I wanted to help patients, um, you know, grew up in a socioeconomic, you know, circumstances that, that were not ideal. So I always had that passion and compassion to help others. And then went to med school and doing my rotations at Harvard at Mass General in Boston. I wanted to be a cardiologist and was so excited about that. But then figured out that I'm getting a little bit trained to see people after they're sick, not before then. So I was practicing sick care and rather than healthcare. And Almost every patient coming out of our clinics was getting four or five pills that they have to do for the rest of their life. Cholesterol one, the blood pressure one, the blood thinner one, and et cetera, et cetera, and, and the blood sugar one. And, and, you know, I remember one day I asked the attending, I was like, if, if these medicines work, why do they have to refill them every month, right? That was, that was my biggest question. It's like, why I'm taking something every month if it works, it shouldn't continue it. And so then I, I decided, to, and I was always a rebel, and, and, and a maverick, and, and, and it was like, I'm going to change the healthcare system. So let me go and learn health policy and public health. And this is what I did at Harvard and Hopkins, and thinking I'll go and reform the healthcare system to do more prevention, to do more healthcare. And this is what I did. And actually, I enjoyed a career uh, working with 30 ministries of health around the world, or around that number, traveling around the globe and trying to help with system reform, focus on prevention. And you always hit two, two walls there. Wall number one is, you know, we're telling people eat healthy, whether they do it or not, it's their choice. Everyone knows it, right? It's a rec- set of recommendations. We tell people to exercise, either they do it or not. We tell people to stop smoking. So it, it, prevention became kind of a series of advices, but they're not, there was no product, there was no market, there was no way to make it easy for people to, to jump on. And the second challenge is nobody wants to invest into something that you don't see the results of. So if you avoid somebody getting a disease, if you're a politician, you're not going to get at the expense of a voter having a heart attack and treating them. You want to trade, you want to trade the short term and getting a voter to vote for you because you help them with their heart attack versus saving 10 people in 20 years by doing more prevention to them. So, so I decided to go and learn how we discover healthcare technology and launch them to the world because I wanted to discover or support a technology that can help people stay healthy long or prevent diabetes or prevent cancer or prevent Alzheimer's. And, and, um, and so first I joined biotech, uh, a biotech company, Lily, one of the top 10 biggest, you know, biotech in the world, learned how we develop drugs and we launched them globally. And then I left Lily uh, after being, uh, you know, ended up being head of uh, business development for international left and started looking for technology that can help into the market and, and there's, uh, there's one, one, um, one meeting that changed my life. I was sitting with the CEO of an aging research institution. It's called the Buck Institute for Research on Aging in San Francisco. And he was telling me, you guys, he meant doctors and health policymakers, et cetera. You guys got it all wrong. And, um, and it's all about aging. I was like, what do you mean? Um, he was like, you think Alzheimer's is different than cancer? is different than cardiovascular disease, and you have a specialist for each. They're all the same. I was like, what do you mean? One is in the brain, one is in the heart. And, and he said, well, 
if they're independent, why well, you don't get Alzheimer's at age 22 and a heart attack at age 27, and you only get them at later stage of life. So it's really, your body gets old, and if the first malfunction happens in the brain, that's, that's dementia and Alzheimer's. And if, if the first event is diabetes, then you have diabetes first, but they all are the expression of aging. And if you drive a car for 200,000 miles and suddenly the window doesn't open, it's not like there's a manufacturing issue with it. It's just used it so many times that now it happens the window and two months is going to be the engine. And that changed my life because prevention really is biological aging. And, and if you can help people age slower and healthier, then you're giving them pure years of healthy life. So imagine you're 45 chronologically. And if I help you stay at 45 or go back to 40, you literally got five years of healthy life because between age 40 and 45, you're not going to get most of the healthcare disease. You're going to get them at 50 and 60 and 70, the cancers, the Alzheimer's, et cetera. So it kind of, tur- it, 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 it was like the biggest aha moment of my life where I was like, I should find technologies that slow down the aging process of the body. And that's the best prevention we can bring to humanity. How do you and feel started, about that statement now? How do you feel about the statement of, of, a, of every disease is a disease of aging? So now that obviously you've spent time looking through it and researching it, yeah. is that still your belief? For sure. And, and I wouldn't say every disease. I would say the, the most of the chronic diseases. So 90% of us today will die out of Alzheimer's, cancer, diabetes, and cardiovascular. These four diseases are killing 90% of us. And 90% of those diseases, they don't happen at age 20 or 25. You're not going to get your first heart attack at 25. Some people would, but not everyone. Diabetes, will get it later. Cancer, get it later. Alzheimer's, get it later. So for sure, they're the expression of, or let's say aging is the biggest determinant of these diseases. Now you can have genetic predisposition, but even if you have the APOE gene, you're not going to have Alzheimer's at age 20. You're going to still have it at age 65 and 70 and 80. So it's really aging is the major determinant of whether you're healthy or not on the big chronic disease. That's great. So, so now, uh, sorry, go ahead. So I said, hey, let me go and meet every aging researcher and try to see who's close to market. And, you know, I can go and help them launch their products or help them with the technology. And, and I started literally traveling U.S., Europe, and Asia, all the way to Singapore and meeting all like or most aging researchers. And most of them were pointing at Walter Longo uh, who's the head of the Longevity Institute at USC, saying like, look, we're working on a pill that can help aging. It's a long thing because if there's one side effect, then no, people will not take it every day. So it was a moonshot for most of these labs to find an anti-aging pill. But Professor Walter Longo, who now got nominated by Time among the top 50 most influential people in health, he was working on fasting. And he showed that fasting it's not like every diet you just lose the weight, but it rejuvenates your cells. So it gets them biologically a little bit younger. And by doing that, you actually are biologically a little bit, you know, slowing down your aging or reversing it potentially in, in intermittent ways. And, and the fast, most people think it's intermittent fasting or skipping breakfast. That's not going to stress you enough to rejuvenate the cells. It's actually two plus days and closer to four or five days is the ideal timing. So he actually had discovered a nutrition program that you can eat for five days and keep your body in a fasting mode. So suddenly now you have a product, gives you the benefits of fasting, induces rejuvenation, and, 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 and helps you with the healthy longevity lifestyle. That was a big aha moment for me to go and join him and launch a career into fasting. And 
and I am one of the guys to blame to 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 bring back fasting to the world actually, and um, we're so proud of that, and we've been, been in, you know we've enjoyed that ride since 2013, and bringing back science of fasting to the world and help people understand how to fast in the, in, in the right way, what's the value of that for healthy aging and, and various health conditions. We'll definitely get into fasting and ultimately how to eat while still fasting and still be yeah. considered fasting. That's interesting. But before we do that, I'd love to have you just start breaking down um, the, the processes associated with aging. So when, when we talk about you know aging itself, what is actually happening in the body? What are the, what are the processes that we're concerned with potentially solving for? So there are five major pillars that push you towards aging or aging faster, accelerate aging, or decelerate aging. One is nutrition, and we're going to talk about cellular level. What does that mean? But nutrition is a big determinant. Uh, exercise, stress, sleep, and it's the fifth one, but probably is the second one by impact is happiness, is, is giving a receding love, is your social capital, is that inner peace and serenity, actually. Very, very important. If you study the centenarians, people living 100 and beyond, and we study many of them around the world, that's actually one of the major, major factors they have. They're closer to their family. They're happy people. A lot of them smoke. A lot of them eat unhealthy fats. And a lot of them, you know, boil still, uh, sorry, fry still, uh, you know, uh, some of their food, but they're happy people. And, and that's very important. So at the cellular level, this all ends up being a biochemical signal to the cell. And there are three pathways in a cell that tells the cell, hey, we have, we're spoiled, we have enough either growth signals or nutrition, and let's go and replicate and age where we're fine, where we could, we could live la vida loca versus, hey, we're stressed. We're, we need to go and correct. We need to protect. We need to be cautious. And, and the PKA is the RAS and the TOR pathway. And, and these pathways are triggered mainly by signals coming from protein intake or from carbs. These are the two fuels to the body or lack of due to the exercise, due to fasting, due to, you know, uh, uh, um, whatever, whatever pattern you follow. So I'm going to simplify a little bit so that we don't get into a lot of detail because there, there's a lot of, you know, intricacies between the pathways, but proteins would trigger mostly the TOR pathway and CARS would trigger mostly the PKA and the RAS pathway. Think about it this way. It's very important for you and for your audience because we've been living in this hyper-protein area, right? So, so all of us are like, hey, I want to look great. I want to build muscle. Let me eat protein. Protein, let me go low-carb because the bad, the bad is the carb and, the, and diabetes proteins are good. And that's big marketing, but that's actually wrong. They both, they both are nutrients that tell you, hey, you're fed, grow, and age. You grow, we grow forward. We grow towards our end. We don't grow backwards, you know, naturally. When you, when you put gas in a car, it's ready to go. When you put nutrients in the body, it's ready to age. It's not ready and, and to grow. It's not, it doesn't take it backwards. This is why fasting takes it backwards. This is why intensive exercise creates stress to take it backwards. So I think one of the biggest, and we talk about changing, you know, your audience life. One of the, my biggest message today is don't get into hyper protein state every day to gain, because you gain tiny little bit of muscle for actually pushing your entire body to age. 
And that's that's a big problem. This is why also intermittent fasting and fasting is important for for bodybuilders, by the way, and 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 athletes in general, not not just bodybuilders, but any any active person. We'll talk more about the role of protecting muscle and the role of counter-regulating the pro-aging acceleration from the protein intake. This is critical, um, and and we see it right. Ronnie called you see it with the extreme. The big bodybuilders they die early because they've they've Biologically, we go back to biological age. Although Roni was uh, 55, maybe biologically he was 70. And 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 Andre the Giant and the big, you know, because they have naturally the acromegaly, they have a naturally internal high level of growth hormone and growth signals to the cells. They actually lose 10 years of life versus the average human being. So we, it's very important. I always talk about balancing strong and long. You want to be strong, but you want to over over you know, uh, push the signals of growth because while you're happier seeing your muscle growing, your entire body is having that signal of aging. So it's critical to, to come to, to balance that. And, and, and so carbs and, and protein send signals to the cell of spoilage, grow, replicate age versus the lack of is, hey, protect, slow down aging, et cetera, uh, to answer your question on how, how the signals end up happening at the cellular level. That's a great explanation. That's that's always um, an interesting balance because obviously we know that over time, um, you know, muscle is a thing. Like we want to retain as much muscle yeah. as we can over time because ultimately, you know, metabolically and it's muscle, effective. Yeah, yeah. It makes, and muscle becomes fall. an organ of longevity at, exactly. at 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 later age in life. Muscle is an organ of longevity, and if you don't walk, if you don't exercise, if you don't move, you're going to develop you know multiple you know, metabolic disease related to that pre-fat, your metabolic rate slows down, you pick up fat, you pick up insulin resistance and all of that. So with this one, we're not saying compromise muscle. No, we're saying balance strong with long. You don't need to overshoot the protein intake every day to, to just, you know, the, the, the marketing in the nutrition industry has biased us to, well, proteins are great, eat as much as, much as you can, but there's a very fast diminishing you know, return on how much you grow your muscle versus how much you're pushing the aging process in your body. And, and, and um, in the longevity diet book of our founder, you know, Professor Longo, I recommend, you know, people to read that book. It's called The Longevity Diet. It was, I think, 2018 bestseller for Amazon, but um, he describes a lot that balance and how much to eat in protein every day and, 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 and you know, what, how to, and, and he recently published that's a big paper to read, actually, a meta-analysis of all the papers around protein and IGF. When you eat protein, IGF increase in the body. It's insulin-like growth factor. And you eat carbs, insulin increase. That's a growth factor. So grow. When you grow, you age. Same thing, you eat protein. It's called insulin-like growth factor. It's what gets secreted when you eat it. So this is why you see muscle growing, but everything else is aging. And you want to balance that long and strong. So we published a meta-analysis. Walter published that, Professor Longo, uh, I think a couple of months ago, showing what is the ideal protein intake and IGF level to balance that longevity living long while actually protecting the muscle. Yeah. So would it be, you know, I'm sure you've read the book multiple times. Would it be a balance of just like decreasing daily consumption or would it be like kind of an ebb and flow where I want to definitely do extended periods of no protein or very low protein followed by periods of, of maybe elevated protein, or is it just like constantly just keeping it somewhat low? Now, there's no really much thing you could try to compare both scenarios, but you, go, you, you end up 
you want to tailor to what's your goal, what, what your goal is, right? The, 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 the European school is more of a steady protein and build, build up, you know, slow. If you want to just, or, or versus a U.S. school where if you want to, if you want to do an intensive and burst your muscle, and these are the days when you have high protein, make sure that after that, actually you have resting days and you have days where you can't balance that. But there's no randomized clinical trials comparing what you, you should do in either, in either case. But what I would say based on my, all my scientific background and my readings is you don't need to, to go and consume, you know, two grams of protein per pound per day or per kilo. Like you don't need to get, I mean, unless again, you're, you're hitting Mr. Olympia, you're huge, of course, but, but you don't need, like we're, I'm seeing all these people, you know, drinking the, the shakes and, and the eggs. And, and at the end of the day, it doesn't, you need some of that for your muscle growth, but you need to over, you don't need to overdo it. And if you overdo it because you're in a phase of hypergrowth of muscle, then make sure you go back and you do the fasting or you do a low protein zone so that you counterbalance. The problem, if you go on a low protein diet, you might lose again or a low calorie diet in general, you lose again the muscle. And this is why fasting is key. Fasting is key for fitness because fasting is the only diet that works by stress, like exercise. So, let me, let me explain that concept. If you go on a low-calorie diet today, say, say, say you eat 2,000 calories per day yourself, and, and you go on 1,400, 1,600, that deficit, the body goes and picks the deficit up from fat, but also from glycogen, a little bit from muscle. Muscle is an easy you know, organ to pick up some calories from. So people on Mediterranean diet, for example, healthy diet, but they lose muscle with time because the body, due to deficit, goes, picks up, the, the, the delta from everywhere. And so, so if your goal is to build muscle, you don't want to go back on any low-calorie diet. This is why they tell you, hey, you look on a protein diet and then exercise to maintain that muscle. But if you want to counterbalance, fasting acts not just by a calorie deficit, by, by being a stress in itself. So, so you need 2,000 calories if, if you come and you eat zero. Um, what we have seen is the body to survive goes back and it's a stress. So you have the stress hormones that are up and actually growth hormone goes up to protect the muscle. You don't want to compromise the muscle when you're fasting because again, think about hundreds of thousands of years ago, if there's no food, the body, if you compromise muscle, you're not going to be strong enough to find the next food or, or hunt the next animal. So what the body learned through human evolution is if there's no food, you do two things. You cut fat into ketones. Why? Because ketones is food to the brain. The brain stays up. You don't lose consciousness because if you faint, then it would be exterminated as a race. And number two, you protect your muscle because this is what makes what keeps you walking to find food. And, and I strongly recommend people to use that today because they counterbalance, again, they protect their muscle, counterbalance all the unhealthy diet they've been going through um, while protecting their metabolic rate and, and, and their metabolism. Okay, let's talk about... Um what you found to be the most effective fasting protocol? Because you've mentioned four or five days. We know a lot of people out there are doing, you know, time-restricted feeding windows. Some people are doing two to three days. And I'd like to have you just kind of maybe walk us through the benefits of each. Yeah. So when you talk fasting, there's two general types of fasting. There's less than two days. We call it intermittent fasting. And then beyond two days, anything beyond two days, we call it prolonged fasting. In um, why it's two days? Because before two days, everything, every, any type of fasting, and we'll talk about the subtypes with less than two days. But if you fast less than two days, you have enough reserves 
in the body, whether it's the liver doing neurogenesis, whether it's, it's, it's glycogen, whether it's fat, you have enough reserve to utilize and go through the two days by just burning that reserve. Once you cross day two, you're getting closer to bankruptcy. And this is where now the body tells the cells, hey, I burned, I, I, I'm getting rid of my reserves, but you got now every cell gets to go and eat the debris, the organelle, meaning find calories inside the cells that you can eat and try to repair, try to optimize your performance. This is the process of autophagy, which a lot of us now in the last six years have, uh, have uh, fell in love in and, and tried to try to bring this miracle of biology back to human life because it's, it's, it's a way to put your body in check and rejuvenate. We lost that. We eat all the time. Um, our ancestors did not eat all the time. They migrated, they moved, they stayed, you know, they didn't have refrigerators. So going a day or two without food, it was, it was part of the diet. It was part of living on, on planet Earth. And the body used that stressful phase to go back and rejuvenate. And to, to simplify the analogy, if you want, if you're a CEO of a company and you need $2 million per month to operate, if I give you, you know, let's compare intermittent fasting or less than two days with the prolonged one. If I tell you, you know what, you need 2 million, so, or say 3 million, which is 100,000 a day. Well, the first day of the month, the first two days of the month, you're not going to get the revenue. You get it, you get it on day three. You'll be like, okay, my bank account will drop by two, 300K. So that's the fat with intermittent fasting drop but I'm not going to take drastic action. If you come to me at a CEO and you say, hey, you need 3 million, I'm going to give you zero for the first two weeks. Such a stress on the company. I got to go and restructure the company. I got to go and fix it. I got to cut this budget. I got to cut travel. I may let some people go. They're not doing their job right. So I go back and I start to structurally and functionally improve the performance and the cost effectiveness of the company. That's exactly why fasting becomes so famous in such a period of time because if you cross two days, your body is telling the cells, hey, you got to restructure, you got to become at, go at your best to survive. And this is why aging and fasting became related because you biologically rejuvenate a cell. It means you're getting a little bit younger. It means you're, you're gaining healthy life and it's a pro-longevity uh, technology. So below today's, it's, it's intermittent fasting. Above today's, it's lo longer fast or prolonged fasting. Under intermittent fasting, you can fast for a few hours. This is what you call the time-restricted eating. Within a day, 12-12, if you just do 12 hours of fasting, you sleep and then you still have breakfast, but if you sleep at 8 or you eat dinner at 8, you go back to eat breakfast at 8, it's the 12-12. It's called circadian fasting, following day, day and night rhythm. Um, Walter Longo, Sachin, Panda are big proponents of this, and it's it's actually a good way to balance life. And, and we're almost sure that it's very good for longevity. Some people, because they carry a little bit of weight or they want to, or for some other metabolic reasons, they go to 16 hours. That's probably the most practiced fasting, 16, eight uh, intermittent fasting. Um, and then some people go all the way to one day. They do it twice a week, five, two fast. There's seven days in a week, five days you eat normal. Twice a week, you try to fast. And then the most extreme intermittent fasting is alternate day fast, one day on, one day off, which is a big yo-yo effect, actually. So we're not sure it's a pro-longevity one because there's a lot of swinging. But if you want to lose weight super fast, you fast every other day. You can lose the weight fast. So, but we're not sure how healthy that is. Now, although marketing-wise, people tell you you're going to do autophagy with 16 hours or 18 hours, 
that's not true for most people. There's not enough long enough to, to deplete the reserves and get into cellular rejuvenation. Now, if you run 10 miles in the morning, you're so skinny and you're fit and you have very high metabolic rate, so you're burning a lot in the morning, then you create enough deficit at the cellular level, some cells will start autophagy. But it's exceptionally rare to, although again, a lot of uh, marketing is saying you do 16, you get an autophagy, it's rare to get autophagy before one or two days of fasting. That's a lot of great info. I'm, I'm curious if your thoughts around, you mentioned a few minutes back, like trying to find balance between long and strong. And, and so that's very subjective, right? So how does someone then decide, uh, you know, how much protein they should be eating? Is it, is it basically just personal preference? Like, hey, this is how I want to look. Because uh, obviously someone may want to be more muscular, someone will be less muscular. But if, if our exclusive objective is, I want to live long and live well in old age, I want to be yeah. able to move well and be strong enough to move. Yeah. How do we start objectifying that instead of it being completely subjective? That's, that's a fantastic uh, question. And, and we do say that you, need, you have different protein needs depending on the, on the cycle of life, right? When you're below age 18 or 19, you, you're, you're you know, aging and, and the disease risk is super low and you're growing even physically and vertically. So you need a high protein intake, that's for sure. The, the more you get closer to your mid-adult years, and especially that 40 to 60 or 35 to 60, this is the pre this is the pre-disease. This is the this is a very important age. Um, so so up to 18, you need high protein, 18, 20 to 30, 35. Again, you're still young, you're still vibrant, you want to build muscle, it's fine to have a high high level of protein. It gets tricky when you get into that pre-cancerous, pre-heart attack age of 50 to 60. And this is where you want to be careful. So train your muscle, keep the exercise, but don't over, don't increase a lot the intake of carbs and protein because this is where in, in, in you know, cancer starts, and just, just let's take cancer example, because cancer, a lot of the articles are showing is, is boosted by the protein intake. Um, you know, when you eat protein, IGF increase is stimulus to cells to replicate. Hey, we're happy. We have a great signal of food. Let's replicate. Let's grow. And a cell is replicating, does a mistake, and doesn't stop replicating, keeps going, going. And that's cancer. Cancer is a cell that keeps going, replicating with no inhibition. So when you're 40 to 65, your cells are young enough to replicate, to respond to versus this is why you don't get most of the cancer at age 90, because at age 90, the cells don't replicate. So they're not going to do that mistake and become, become cancerous. So you're, the cells respond to food signal. They will respond to protein and replicate. So the signal of replication is there, but they're 40 years old and 60 years old. So they, they're prone to mistakes. This is why that's the peak age for, for, you know, a lot of breast cancer happens during that age. A lot of other cancers happen towards that 50 to 60, 65, where the, the cells are responding to food, but they're old enough to do a mistake and become cancer. In that age, you want to preserve muscle, but you don't work to grow and over protein, you know, uh, over, over protein. So when you go above 65, your absorption rates are lower. Muscle is an organ of longevity your cells are not responding fast to protein because they're too old to replicate. This is where you go back and you increase the protein intake to protect the muscle. So again, a lot, a lot more science is needed there, but today's thinking and today's early science is showing that this is the life cycle of protein you want to follow 
within within your within your lifespan. That's incredibly helpful. Thank you. I've never heard anybody explain it like that. And that's that's very, very useful. I think a lot of people will take a lot of value from that. So when we started the podcast, you said there's value in or there's an opportunity potentially to fast without fasting, this this so-called fasting mimicking diet. And I'd love to have you break down what that looks yeah. like and and ultimately not just like how we do it, but what's actually happening in the body that allows us to eat and not actually come out of the fasted or get the ben- still get the benefits of the fasted state. Yeah. So we said intermittent fasting is less than two days. A lot of people do it for weight, for metabolic reasons. Now, if you want to go beyond the two days and, and go into autophagy, into rejuvenation, you're thinking more about longevity. You're thinking about a deeper effects on the cells. The problem is who's going to fast on water for three, four, five days, too difficult to comply with. And you get benefits, but it's risky as well, right? You know, you, you're, if you eat nothing, you're, you need the micronutrients, you need macronutrients. So the National Institute of Health, which is the biggest funder of research in, in, in the U.S., when they saw the work of Walter Longo on pure water fasting in animals, especially in mice, where he studied, you know, what three days of fasting does and four days, et cetera. It was amazing on so many levels. And it was a big longevity lifestyle or, longe- or pro-healthy pro, pro aging intervention. They actually sponsored him and they sponsored, or U- they sponsored USC, the university where he, he works at, and they sponsored Almutra, our company, to develop the fasting mimicking diet. Can you help a person to eat during five days, but keep the signals of fasting at the cellular level. So how is that possible, that oxymoron of fasting mimicking diet? So let's go back to this analogy. We talked about a company that needs $3 million right per day. Now, if you give $0, that's pure water fast. It's fasting by starvation. The CEO will go and, and fix the company and, 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 and restructure now, if you come and you tell the CEO, look, I'm going to give you a million out of three. And by the way, that million is going to go half of it to HR because we want you to protect your employees and pay their salaries. The other half goes to supply because you want to survive next month and you want to sell your goods, etc. So you can see how you help that company to survive. At the same time, there's a deficit of two million. So that CEO is not going to say, well, I have a million out of three. I'm happy. I'm not going to go and restructure. It's going to still restructure. So the fasting mimicking night, the secret is we studied 77 ingredients, macro and micronutrients that will nourish your body. But when they get to the cell, they actually are barely triggering the PKA, the RAS, and the TOR pathway. So the cell feels like I ate a little bit, but it's not enough. I still, I'm still going to protect myself and rejuvenate. So that's at a cellular level. At the blood level, the formulation does not spike insulin. So the recognition of growth is not there, does not spike insulin-like growth factor. So the entire body is not feeding the spikes in growth hormone that that actually are secreted when you eat high protein or high carbs. And the cells are barely getting the nutrients in the sense that they're not, their radars are not very satisfied and they stay in a fasting mode. And that was the birth of the fasting mimicking diet some 12 years ago. And um, and now we've launched, you know, six years ago, we've launched Prolon, a lot of people with with no prolon, it's a five-day fasting mimicking diet. You order it, you get a box, and you have your structured meal plan. Every day you eat it, and you go through a five-day of nutrition, but your body thinks you're fasting, and you get the benefit. Amazing. So what are the 77 things you studied? I know that's a lot, but you know, like what are the, what are the main ones? You said you studied 77 macro. Yeah, so, so healthy, healthy fats. You know, what are the healthy fats that you can eat? 
the plant-based proteins, a lot of secrets on the formulation, which amino acid sequence triggers IGF, which amino acid sequence does not trigger IGF, what kind of complex carbs, what time of the day you eat those. You know, in the morning you have high, high cortisol in the body, you have high insulin in the body in the, in the, in the later part of the day, you don't have that. How food gets absorbed so that you use that in, turn, in slowing the speed and the absorption of food so that you get it slowly into. So it's, it's basically all the macronutrients and a lot of the minerals and the micros that you need to, to be nourished. It's the fasting mimicking diet is not a starvation diet. It's a full nourishment diet that keeps you and in, in, in gets the signal lower on the cells so that the cells stay in the fasting mode. Right. Now, a lot of people ask me like, how many times, right? What, what's the, how to use it, how many times? And, and, and because you ask, hey, how to do it for longevity or a longevity lifestyle. I personally do it once every four months. So the good news is it's only five days and we, we don't ask people to do it every month. We actually, you know, three times a year, if you're, if you're healthy, you're, say you're 35, you're perfectly healthy, you don't need to lose weight, you're, you don't have a lot of high risk factors or, or family risk factors, then you do it three times a year, just 15 days out of the year. It's exactly like a, a race, a, a car race, right? So intermittent, so if, if you're racing, if you're doing a car race, and let's say this is your life, you, you start as you're born, is, is your birthday, and then the arrival is the day you die. This is the race you want to come last at, right? So how you come last is if you slow down, that's intermittent fasting. But if you really, really want to, to, to stay long, you take a pit stop. You go to a pit stop, people come, change the wheels, change the oil. That's, this is the fasting mimicking diet. Every cell is trying to, to, to kind of fix under the stress. And then you go back on track. You can stay longer. You can go faster. So, so it's, it's exactly that. And you take two pit stops in the race, max three. So you do three times the prolon or the fasting mimicking diet. If you have some weight to shed, if you have some metabolic goal you want to achieve, then you do it four times or five times, um, but it's three to four times to give you the answer. Okay. And then the rest of the year, you're eating what? So the rest of the year, it depends on your goal. If, if your goal is a longevity goal, we have studied centenarians, people living 100 and beyond, and they're, they're pescatarian, flexitarian. So plant-based diet plus fish as the main source of protein, and then a little bit of meat. Again, we're talking longevity, we're not talking building muscle here. So most centenarians are actually pescatarian slash flexitarian. And you hear hundreds of theories about what we should eat to live long. And it goes back to getting the body into a peak harmony. And if you think about it, we spend hundreds of thousands of years on this planet as a human race. And, and people tell you, oh, we lived in caves and you should eat the cavemen that we never lived. I mean, if we slept in caves to, 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 not, to, not, to not be preyed by, by, by an animal, but there's no food in a cave. We, we lived around rivers. Rivers had only the water that we can drink. Oceans, you cannot drink water from ocean. If you're living up in the mountains, there's no water, there's no green, there's no food. So we lived around rivers. It was easy to, to, to access the water. And around rivers, is you have greeneries, you have trees, you have fruits and all of that. And animals come closer so you can hunt them. And fish was the only animal that cannot fly or run or see. It was easy to fish. So plant-based, fish mainly. And then when we learned how to hunt, we added meat to our diet. And this is what our body is used to. We evolved to eat like this. Now, if you deviate, you know, if you tell you, oh, you should be keto, 
It's not a longevity diet. It should be carnivore. It's not a longevity diet. You only should do plant-based. Then you're depleted. It's not a longevity diet. The longevity diet is when you match food with what your body evolved and got tailored for hundreds of thousands of years. And that's pescatarian. Awesome. So during this five-day fasting mimicking routine, what are the types of things that someone could eat and stay in this, this fasted state? It sounds like predominantly some fibers and some fats. No, the food, the, the prolonged food gets delivered to you. It's, it's every day you have your food. You cannot eat anything else because then the cells recognize the food and you won't be fasting. So it's, it's a formulation. So you get the food shipped to your house. There's a day it's one box. It's real food, right? It's not, not, not like yeah. pills and supplements. No, it's, it's, it's a, a, a fasting bar in the morning. It's soups for lunch and dinner. You have your snacks in between. You have your supplements and you have your drinks. So the form factor is bars, soups, crackers, uh, uh, and snacks, and, and supplements, and liquids. So you get everything you need. You don't need to lose time on cooking and preparing other food. Um, you just get everything you need for five days. Cool. So would it be easy to assume that um, those, those, whatever comes in the prolonged box, is, there's no blood sugar spikes at all during that time? There's no uh, mTOR st- stimulation at all during that time? I'm guessing a- absence of protein would do that. As far yeah. as blood glucose, have you seen relatively yeah. zero spikes? Yeah. You're asking an excellent question. So, so we've tested the fasting mimicking diet now in over, I think, 22 clinical trials. You have Stanford, USC, UCLA. Um, soon we're going to start MD Anderson, and and um, and we've done Berlin, Genoa. So it's been tested multiple, multiple, multiple times for the outcome it, it does, or or mimicking fasting now. To answer your question, yes, it, it doesn't spike insulin, it doesn't spike IGF. But, and there's a little bit of revealing a secret here, at night, actually, we do spike a little bit the carbs, and it's very important to protect the muscle. So if everything stays flat and low, you'll be fasting by starvation, not by nourishment. And what we discovered is that when you're fasting, and you have a, it's a stressful situation. You have the growth hormone is up and the, and the, the signals to the muscle are there for protection. And if you deprivate the muscle, then you might lose some of the muscle. So there's one of our secrets is a little bit at, at night. We'll a little bit, um, give you kind of, uh, uh, a complex carb. Uh, so it doesn't spike insulin, but is enough for the muscle to actually be strong and stay and, and protect muscle function. We did publish. Yeah. That's last pretty month, common in bodybuilding. Yeah, we did. We did publish last month an article on athletes that did prolon, uh, showing muscle function protection. I think that's in, even in the title of the article: "Muscle Function Protection with the Fasting Mimicking Diet." People want to Google it and 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 read it. Yeah, so it's very common in muscle building worlds now, or even body composition worlds now, to to consume carbohydrate at night primarily, just for yeah modulating stress and in helping yeah. to improve quality of sleep. And we use that to again. I want people to listening to us today to, to, to appreciate this is 23 years of true, true science on nutrition. And we study like we're, we're and, 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 and $48 million just in the research and developing this, this diet. You're going to get one of the most sophisticated nutrition technology with Prolon and that studied really how to give you the most fasting benefits, but how else also we can protect your body and nourish your body through that experience and get you at your peak. Yeah. Why isn't ketogenic dieting giving us the same benefit? If we know it's primarily to do with glucose and mTOR and we exclude no. those. 
Glucose mTOR is a protein pathway, so that's a mixing. This is why. So let me tell you the main. What's what's the difference between ketogenic and fasting, or fasting mimicking, and and why ketogenic diet doesn't give you a lot of these benefits if you want. So so the ketogenic diet to 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 kind of remind people is very very low in carb, very very low in carb, um, and it has okay level of protein and is high in fat. Right, that's that's the formulation of a ketogenic diet. Initially, animal fat and animal source of protein. Now, much healthier, going plant-based protein and going, uh, you know, a little bit less, you know, uh, uh, saturated fat. The, the the issue with it is that the PK and the RAS pathways are not getting stimulated because it's low in carb, but the TOR pathway is getting stimulated with the protein. So basically, it's not a perfect. It's a shallow fat. You're not dipping into a deep fast with the, with, the, with the ketogenic diet. This is why you do it every day. And you get to a couple of points of, keto, of ketones, but you don't get into deep and What deep if you ketones. did low protein? That's, that's getting closer to fasting. Fasting and making diet is exactly that. So, but but the, the, the discrepancy is the, the carbs, I mean, the... the the, the ketogenic diet came as a response to carb being the, the, the worst thing, right? We're all, oh, carbs are bad. It's, it, we gain weight, you become diabetic, let's stay away from carbs. But carb is what the body lives on for, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years. We've never lived on fat, right? There's no fat you can find in nature, except if you eat macadamia all day long or pecan all day long, it has high fat. But so our cells are, with the ketogenic diet, they get that mixed message is, is we're low on carb, we sense some protein. Even if you go low on protein, the protein in, in the ketogenic diet is sensible. It's not a deep, deep, you know. And if you go low on protein, low on carb, you do it every day, you're in big depletion. So in order to sustain the ketogenic diet every day, you're taking very low carb, but enough protein for the body to detect that. And this is why you don't get into full autophagy, into full rejuvenation, get into a shallow fast. Now, if you want to do it right, you would go on a low carb, low protein. There's a secret of which carbs, which protein sequence, and this is what the fasting mimicking diet is. But you do it for five days. You don't do it. You don't want to take a company through bankruptcy. You want to put it on a financial stress. The CEO fixes it, and then you feed it again to go back and flourish in the right way. Awesome. So five days, about every quarter, is more than enough to get all the benefits of autophagy. Yeah, you don't need to rejuvenate all like this diminishing margin, you know, and, and again, this is the authenticity of the science and what we say. I'm not telling people you should do it every month. You should do it once every three or four months, same way you do two pit stops in a race. Because if you rejuvenate, if you it, 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 go back to the example of the company, you know, if, if this month you don't give the money to the CEO, he fixes the company next month, you want to give him money to go in the right direction. You don't want to go back and redeplete him and redeplete him. Now, once he gets spoiled and the company is growing, he rehires fast, he starts traveling again and spending money left and right, you put him back in check. Yeah, if someone's under a lot of stress and they're metabolically you know, inflexible, maybe they're metabolically challenged, we'll say they're, they're yeah. metabolically broken, um, would they still be a good candidate for fasting? Yeah, actually, actually, they're a high candidate because you want to induce that flexibility, right? In, 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 for those folks, water fast is very difficult to embark on right away. Um, you know, it's like, I haven't done exercise for a while and you want to throw me in a, in a, in an NBA match. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to feel the pain. 
So for these people, actually warming up with intermittent fasting or a plant-based diet and then doing the fasting mimicking diet, which is, again, is a, is a much more compl- We see 91% completion rate. You don't see that on any diet on the fasting because it's only five days and you're doing it with food. So those people actually are eased up into it because there's food part of it. It's not just water fast. That's great. Um, what are you guys working on now? So we've got the Prolon diet. I know El Nutra is constantly coming out with new stuff. Um, specifically in this longevity fasting space. Yeah. Um, what are you guys working on now? You know, a lot of people are doing the the, the five two or the one day fast, and we we just launched Reset, which is a one day fasting mimicking diet. A lot of folks say, look, you know, I, I doing the, I'm doing the five days, two, three, four times a year. What to do in between? How can I how can I embark on fasting every day as well? The ones who want to do it just twice a week, they go to work, they take their small box. It's a one day fasting mimicking diet. Everything is microwavable. They take it to work. They eat. They stay in a full day fast. So that's reset. It's called prolon reset. And for the majority who do who do intermittent fasting, uh, the 16 hour again, you should do the 16 hour if you want to lose weight or you have a short term reason. But remember that if you skip 16 hours, your brain is not getting fed for that period. Your heart that needs to pump all the time, you know, regardless is some more of a 12 12. And if you want to do 16. Yes, for obesity. Yes, if you have diabetes, et cetera, or inflammation. But in our case, because we help people to fast with food, we've developed the fast bar. So you can eat the fast bar in the morning. We have a randomized clinical trial showing that it's equal to water fast. So you eat it, your body doesn't even. We show the same exact glucose and the same ketones level, whether you do water fast or whether you eat the fast bar in the morning. So when you eat the fast bar in the morning, at least you're nourishing your essential organs while you're keeping the signals of fast. So your brain is getting nourished, your heart is getting nourished, your kidneys are getting nourished, and it makes the fasting a little bit more compliant and easy to do. This is on the this is on the longevity and, and weight management consumer side of the company. We're doing a lot of trials on on actually health conditions to see if the fasting mimicking diet can help you with uh, with health conditions. I don't want to mix here talking about prolon and talking about health conditions yeah, because well, this is a different. Talk about it again. This yeah, we've got to so, separate so those. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, you provided so much new information and valuable information to start really plugging a lot of the holes. So I'm really grateful. I would love to have you back on to talk about that side of the business as well sometime. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for where, today. Yeah. Where does the audience find uh, the Prolon Diet? Where do they find more from you? Um, you know, you can follow me on social or, or look me up. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn at Joseph Anton. And if you want to try Prolon, you can go to prolonfast.com. Prolon is P-R-O-L-O-N, prolonfast.com or prolonfmd.com. The fast bar is fastbar.com. Prolon Reset is prolonreset.com. Pretty straightforward. You can find the products and, and, and try them. Uh, I encourage it very much. Amazing. And we will link to all of that and so much more in our show notes, Dr. Antoon. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Ben. Have a good one. <laughs> That is a wrap, ladies and gents. As I told you, an incredible conversation with Dr. Antoon. Really, really, really well-educated gentleman uh, who, as I said, taught me a lot that I didn't know, added in a lot of little nuance around um, fasting. And the thing that I loved about him is he didn't just like, he's not, he's not a one trick pony. He didn't just, say, just everyone's got to do the same thing, right? People who actually know what they're talking about are very, very nuanced in their way they approach things. 
Nobody says, hey, everyone should be doing the same thing. It's like, hey, learn to find the nuance that works for you, or ultimately learn to find the thing that you're actually going to stick to because that's what will work. And there's no doubt that every one of us should experience and should participate in some fasting. How often, as Dr. Adentune says, it should be about five days, three to four times a year. That's a long time to not eat. But I'll tell you what, you can. And hopefully, these fasting mimicking style um, Prolon diet will help. Um, so if you guys are interested in, in checking out the Prolon diet, I'm going to hook you guys up in the show notes with a link to there and as well as a discount um, offered to us specifically by Dr. Antoon and Dr. Longo. So thank you. Uh, ladies and gents, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would love if you subscribe and leave us a review. You can leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, YouTube, and anywhere else that amazing podcast to listen to. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. So head over to muscleintelligence.com slash podcast to get an entire list of uh, the podcast sponsors. And specifically for today's podcast, we want to give a special shout out and thank you to Rory, the world's best, or at least my favorite athleisure products, incredible high quality t-shirts, hoodies, pants, and other amazing athletic wear that you should be wearing to look your best. Got to look fresh, got to look sharp. VU, ori.com slash muscle. And also today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Organifi, some of the highest quality greens, reds, and ultimately gold, as well as they've got great protein products and others that you can get hooked up with 20% off store-wide. Head over to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, organifi.com slash muscle. And Ladies and gents, thank you for being here. I truly appreciate it. I love what I do. I love to be able to converse with amazing, brilliant humans. And I thank you guys for being here. And I'll tell you, the podcast continues to grow. And with the world the way it is and the number of opportunities that you have to go to other places, I truly appreciate that you have chosen to be here with me and the team at Muscle Intelligence. So from my team at Muscle Intelligence uh, to you, thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys. It's been an absolute fun ride. Coming up on 10 years of doing the podcast. We actually started in 2013. Most people don't know that. A long time. And uh, it's fun. I've learned a lot. I've um, made a lot of mistakes and slacked a little bit from time to time, but it's been fun. Guys, thank you very much. If you're not already subscribed, we have so much great stuff coming at you as we continue to grow and continue to upgrade the podcast, continue to bring in the best guests from around the world. Have an amazing day. Live your greatest life in a body you love. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.